Good day all. I hope you are well. Today's podcast, we will be talking about fat loss and the basics, the basics of fat loss. The theory is very simple, but the method is difficult. After all, we are pre-programmed to hold on to our lovely, lovely body fat. So before we get stuck in, I'm going to ask you a question. On a normal working day, how much energy and calories do you require on a day-to-day basis to maintain your current body fat levels? That, my friends, was my opening statement at the last nutrition talk I did in the town that I, I live in. No one had a Scooby-Doo. No one had a clue. They all knew how many miles per gallon their car operated on, etc., etc., but they didn't have a clue what their own body needed in regards to fuel, which, you know, not many people do, but I just find that quite strange uh, when you think about it, you know. A vehicle that they're in every single day, which is their own bodies, they don't know what energy they need to operate it on to kind of maintain weight, lose weight, or gain weight. But once we know how our bodies work, and then practice on some little habits in order to lose fat, you will be on the winning path, trust me, for sustaining a weight that you're happy with. And once you find your rhythm and find your methods and find your ways of working that work for you, this will occur for for the remainder of your life. You will be able to just kind of have that sustainability. But you've got to work out what it is, and hopefully today will help you a little bit with that. Now, the fitness industry has kind of confused the whole lot of us to a point, um, you know, of pandemonium where we're leaving the general public and, to be honest, some fitness professionals questioning each other on how we actually lose body fat. They're all kind of like just bang, banging their heads together going, no, you do it this way, no, you do it that way. Now, the world of social media, as we know, has it's left a platform for literally every man and his dog to voice their views, just like I am today, voice their views and opinions on any subject known to man. Now, my first podcast is the introduction which I did about myself. And the reason why I kind of yarped about, right, I've got this qualification, I've got that qualification. I just want to stand out a little bit more compared to the freshly qualified personal trainer, just so you kind of just have a little bit more trust in me, if, if that makes sense. But yeah, there are there's some popular people on social media at the minute who are also known as influencers. We generally have a large following, which is fantastic, and I wish them all the very best. They all mean well. However, not all of them, I feel, are on the same page as each other. Some are highly qualified and others not so much, if at all. Um, And, you know, there might be some trainers listening to this going, well, Garth Vella, it's not about qualifications. Well, you know what? I've got a fair few and it hasn't done me any harm whatsoever. Uh, I urge you to kind of chip away at your own continual professional development I always kind of say you need to do at least one or two courses per year as a personal trainer uh, to keep up with industry standards other other industries do it you know doctors do it nurses do it physiotherapists do it why are personal trainers exempt from it I don't get it but no you'll see sometimes on these uh, influences on social media common tactics such as being aggressive showing off a lot of skin particularly with the females females trainers uh, typically have kind of more followers they love, love to get the old breasticles out people kind of seem to seem to like that and kind of start following them other trainers take anabolic steroids uh, some are quite funny which is great to name a few but you know why wouldn't you believe what they say they look ripped 
and they seem to have everything in order, right? However, just be mindful that there's a lot of fake imagery these days, which has helped with the advancement of these smartphones that we all have and smartphone apps, you know. Trainers don't even have to take steroids anymore to give a false impression of their own success and knowledge. They can literally download an app and start modifying their own appearance and broadcast it online. It is fucking crazy. Not me, folks. Uh, my phone has very few few apps uh, on it, to be honest, and you'll see very few pictures of me with my top off. Why? It's, I live in England, and you know what? It's fucking freezing. Um, might be a few holiday snaps when I'm abroad, but that, that's about it. But back to our point of kind of fat loss and the basics. You might be listening to this as you might be at a point of wanting to change and better yourself. You may be fed up with some yo-yo diets that have occurred every year. You may be absolutely clueless on where to start. You may be exercising a lot and nothing is changing. That's quite quite common. Moving a lot and nothing's happening. But all these reasons, they're absolutely normal. And hopefully this podcast will shed a little bit of light for you and hopefully help you in the long term. And before we kind of get stuck in, as I'm chatting to you right now, I'm probably about four to five kilograms overweight of where I should be. Um, do I give a shit? Absolutely not. I've got methods that I use for myself that I know that work for me and at the same time keep me sane without getting cranky and chronically miserable during that process. To be honest, it's a normal fluctuation in weight for myself and as I, as you know, kind of compete in triathlons during the summer months and rugby in the winter, um, and in the winter, you know, it is it is my kind of downtime. I do go steady and I can put my foot off the gas, but at the same time, don't lose control over it. But saying that, you know, I was looking in the mirror the other day and, you know, I, I say I'm four kilograms overweight. That was like two, three weeks ago. Maybe I should check again. Looking in the mirror and I saw the abdominals kind of creeping through, which have been in hibernation for about eight months. So, you know. I don't recommend like weighing yourself every single day or anything like that, but certainly, you know, have your check-in points. So let's delve into the basics of fat loss. Now, I've specifically and deliberately called the title of this podcast fat loss, not weight loss, because with weight loss, you jump on the scales, you, you don't know really where, if you're not trained up, you don't know where that kind of weight's gone. You might have lost a bunch of water weight, you might have lost a bunch of muscle weight. So I'm specifically talking about fat loss and nothing else here. The first thing we're going to talk about, and it's nothing new to you, it's called that calorie deficit. Now this concept, like I say, it's nothing new. Burn more calories than you put in your mouth and you should lose body fat. Now f- for me and for many others, this is one piece of the jigsaw that people need to get right. Most trainers solely rely on this concept as the only way to lose body fat. I know that's going to stir up up the pot a little bit and ruffle up some feathers. But it's an important principle for losing body fat, that's for sure. And it cannot be ignored. We cannot ignore the calorie deficit. However, the human body, it is a complex being. And it isn't as straightforward as that. And we will talk about this. Remember that first opening sentence I said to this podcast. How many calories do you need on a day-to-day basis to maintain your body weight? Okay, we really need to know the answer to this question. We won't get to a pinpoint answer 
but it's certainly better than merely guessing and having a shot in the dark. For example, like if I stayed in bed all day for 24 hours, which sounds absolutely fucking great, my body, personally, for me, Garth, would need 1,700 calories for me to stay in bed for 24 hours to operate normally without me gaining any excess body fat. Like I say, this is based off myself being a male, my current weight, my height, and my age. This is something called your basal metabolic rate, or your BMR for short, basal metabolic rate. And you have one as well. Everyone's got one. You know, everyone breathes. Everyone has to maintain that body temperature of 37.5 degrees, I think it is. Everyone needs their brain to function, etc., etc. Everything costs energy in our bodies in order to stay alive optimally. Now, obviously, we don't spend 24 hours in bed all day. Throughout the week, I personally move. You know, I swim, I cycle, I run, I weight train in the gym. In addition, I'm walking around a lot in the gym, lifting gym equipment for in my personal training sessions, helping out clients. This, again, all costs me energy. Everything I do costs energy and for yourself. My daily calories of 1,700 at rest all of a sudden turns into 2,700 calories per day in order to support my activity levels. So that 2,700 calories is, is also my personal calorie allowance to maintain my current body fat levels. If I went over that number, I would expect to gain fat. And if I went under that number, I would expect to lose fat. Now, you're probably wondering where I plucked the number of 2,700 calories from. Uh, it is based basically off a formula. There's a few out there. I go off one called the Harris-Benedict formula. Uh, and it's, it's based off your base of metabolic rate. I'm not going to go too deep into this. But you as an individual, you also have a personal calorie allowance based off what activities you do on a on a daily basis so what you do for a living makes a real difference as well for example a, a bricklayer out in the cold versus an office worker sat in a cozy warm environment will burn energy differently we could almost kind of make an educated guess and say that bricklayer in the cold lifting bricks off can day is going to burn more energy than someone that sat down for eight hours in an office uh, not shivering the backside off so everyone is different and we need to cater for this so if I wanted to lose some unwanted body fat, I would have to reduce my energy input of 2,700 calories. Assuming I maintain my acti activity levels, keeping those the same. And scientists would state that one pound of fat on our body, one pound of fat on our body is about 3,500 calories worth. So technically speaking, if I wanted to reduce my calories by 500 per day it should take seven days to shift a pound of fat again assuming i maintained my activity levels one pound of fat occupies a lot of space trust me now in theory this all sounds all too easy but what can trip people up uh, during this kind of losing fat period is the feeling of hunger tiredness and reduce concentration levels. And trust me, they're very real if you get it wrong. However, we can be clever here and let certain foods tell our brain, stomach, and central nervous system that all is okay. And these symptoms can actually be reduced by selecting certain foods. For example, 
if we were going to aim for a calorie deficit without eating much fiber, for example, that will leave you with the willpower of a little three-year-old in a, in a sweet shop, trust me. Now, fiber is one of many things in the world of nutrition that can keep us feeling satisfied for long periods of time. Now, you probably know the body takes a while to digest fiber and it stays in the stomach for longer as opposed to a bowl of cornflakes in the morning, which can be digested in no time at all. And that's the exact reason why you'll hear sports nutritionalists talk to their athletes and say, listen, before your game of football, before your game of hockey, for example, they'll say, listen, that meal beforehand, it's low in fat and it's low in fiber, but it's going to be high in carbohydrate because the last thing that athlete wants or sports person wants is a stomach full of food right before competition. And what they want is is that simple form of carbohydrate that your body can digest in a rate of knots. So essentially my first tip in order for you to create some form of calorie deficit is to boost your fiber intake. My a good example is what I had this morning. So it's fresh in my fresh in my head so I can remember it. I had muesli. It was unsweetened. Okay, so unsweetened is going to keep those calories on the down low. The muesli was of a kind of fruit and nut variety. And I boosted my fiber intake by simply adding just a handful of blueberries. I ate that about four hours ago. And you know what? I, I still feel comfortable. And the calories wise, it was about 450, maybe 500 calories at a push. And with fiber, let's not forget, as it stands, a UK kind of recommends that we ingest and eat 30 grams. So 30 grams of fiber per day. Next thing I want to talk about is hormones because the breakfast that I just mentioned to you has also dictated what my hormones are doing inside of me as well. In the world of hormones, endocrinologists, so people who study hormones, you know, people get paid to do this, they dictate everything in our body's hormones. They, they tell us when we feel horny. They tell us when we are about to punch another human being, another human being in the face or receive a punch. And yes, they'll tell us when we are full or when we are we when we are hungry again. To date, endocrinologists, as far as I'm aware, they know about 72 different hormones in the human body, and they they predict there is quite a few more uh, to be found out as well. That muesli I had this morning contained carbohydrates, it contained fats, and it contained proteins. So our three macronutrients, which you've probably heard of. That breakfast stimulated hormones such as leptin, insulin, and it suppressed a hormone called ghrelin. And due to the nature of the carbohydrate in that muesli, it's had a steady increase of, of insulin. It hasn't kind of skyrocketed up. It hasn't come, hasn't come shooting down. So I'm not grabbing a cookie out the the cookie jar 10 minutes after eating my breakfast. It's, it's like a steady release of, of blood sugar into my body, which is the main reason I'm not hungry yet after four four hours and 10 minutes ago, something like that. Proteins similar to fiber can have these similar effects. They can keep hunger at bay for long periods of time. So my third tip is make sure every single one of your kind of go for three main meals, it contains protein. Now with this protein, it doesn't have to be animal source all of the time. 
just to keep the vegetarians and vegans happy. If you take a look at chickpeas, lima beans, green peas, lentils, quinoa, yada, 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 there is, there is loads, you know, there, there is so much vegetables to go at that yield a lot of protein. You know, all these have very high levels of protein uh, inside of them. So there's three main tips there to conclude. Tip one, find out your calorie deficit number. Tip two, boost your fiber. Tip three, boost your protein because tip two and tip three keep hunger away for longer periods of time. And that's down to those hormones that we just mentioned. And you know what? Let's let's add, a, let's add another tip onto there. Something really super simple. Let's move enough. Tip four, let's move enough to get a minimum, not maximum, a minimum of 10,000 steps in a day. It's been... It's been our recommended guidance uh, for, for many years now. So get your 10,000 steps in as a bare minimum so you're actually moving your backside. So those are my basic fat loss tips for you, my good friends. Before I go, please feel free to share this on your social media platforms, be it Facebook or Instagram or anything else. And please head over to my Instagram page, which is at Garth Strength and Shred, and give it a quick follow. I would absolutely love that. Chat soon.